Yo, what's up? This your boy Monty G from the Fan Mission Podcast. Please subscribe. Hit that notification bell so you can get all access to motivated and inspiring videos on this Fan Mission Friday. Every Friday. Let's get to the podcast. Yo, what's up? This your boy Monty G, man. And today we got a special guest, a super special guest. So, I'm going to bring him up into the party. I ain't going to hold y'all too much. I'm excited. And there he is. Let's What's up, it. Monty G? What's happening on this uh, Friday night? Hey, it's a beautiful Friday. Fan Mission Friday. So tell the people where you from, your name, and what you do. Well, I'm originally from Philadelphia. Oh. And my name is Richard Blank, and I'm the CEO of Costa Rica's Call Center. Oh, Costa Rica. Okay, okay, Costa Rica, we out there. All right, so I want to start it off with who inspired you as a kid? Had to have been my great-grandparents that came over from Europe at the turn of the 20th century. They learned English. They were entrepreneurs. They were nomads. Might have skipped a generation or two, but when I was 18 years old, Monty, I knew my favorite class was recess. Just can't earn a living off of that. Second... <laughs> Second favorite class was Spanish, and I decided to double down on languages and to go to better weather. So I went to the University of Arizona and studied Spanish communication. And next thing you know, this second language opened many doors and gave me the marketability to move abroad and, and start a company. Okay, okay. So tell me a little bit, like, what was your mindset when you were living in Philadelphia? Like, did you expect you to be where you at right now? That's a great question. I tell you what, a lot of us are given opinions and some of our careers are predestined. So Monty J, I don't know about you, but I'm not going to live someone else's life. I'm going to live my own life. Mm. Am I being selfish? No, but I no. understand my strengths. I know where I'd be most fulfilled and do the best work. And so it's impossible to really compare notes, being a second language major. Most of my friends are studying medicine and law. Going to Ivy League, I went to Arizona. And so I really had to make my case. And my case was I was going to double down on this. I was going to learn this. And I was going to do everything I could to master this language and see where it could go. And, you know, don't kid yourself. I mean, you know, along the way, there may be some naysayers and great believers. And and that's all right. People care about you. But... Mm -hmm. Got to hold the course. And, That's you know, right. you might be on some vision quest, some spiritual journey. And you know that you're being true to yourself, Monty G. And Man. that was just one of the things I was trying to do at 18, be that sort of mature young kid to make that real life decision and to invest in myself. And, you know, if you can get past your parents' guilt, you can live anywhere in the world. And so I chose, you know, paradise in Central America. I've been here 22 years. Mm. So... It's been a very nice run. Okay. So what's the difference between over there and over here? And definitely the weather, depending. But secondly, it, the cost of living, it's about a third. Spanish is the native tongue. A lot of people here do speak English. It is a democratic society. They don't have a standing army, so they have a very high literacy rate at 95%. But check this out. The ecotourism here is some of the best in the world. We have incredible surfing 
If you like hot springs and waterfalls and beaches and butterflies, iguanas, monkeys, or you ever, you name it. It's like Gilligan's Island. It's wow. so much fun down here. Wow. And, uh, and it's just it's just a nice sort of relaxed pace, and so yeah. it, it might allow yourself to recharge some batteries that just might be moving so fast back in your hometown. Okay, okay. Well, I'm glad you, my friend, because when it's time to visit, <laughs> I'll be giving you a ring. All I right. hope you like sushi. I'm gonna be filling you till you pop. <laughs> All right, now. All right. So, what's the difference between? Speaking well, which one is harder, speaking Spanish or writing Spanish? I guess the speaking part, because there might be some time constraints when you're writing, there's a chance to concentrate and go at a little bit of slower pace and possibly use a dictionary or some sort of uh, assistance. But this is the way that I was able to learn it the fastest first you got to grind out the grammar that you have to do to at least understand it but when i used to watch movies in spanish i would watch it and i would also have the spanish subtitles because in the movie there might be some background noise really speaking fast and accent and expression and by reading it it was really it was it was kind of like not a cheat sheet but it was really helping me and if it was something that would make me sit through a two-hour movie and be able to explain what's going on. <laughs> I think I was making adjustments, but I tell you what, it's been one of the best positive reinforcements because every sales job I had, Monty G, that not only was I accepted on my first impression, but I was getting referrals. People were calling their family and friends and saying, you got to meet this kid. <laughs> and sometimes you even get fed. And so it was a gift that kept on giving. All the world was a stage. Spanish could be spoken anywhere. And as long as I knew the bad words, but also I knew the proper grammar and extensive vocabulary to really show this dedication. Uh, it was just, you know, I'm a Philly boy speaking Spanish, go figure. So, right. but it was just one of those things that when I moved here at 27, I was able to acclimate myself. I earned the respect of those that were here. And when I worked at my friend's call center for a couple of years, I was able to see what it was like from the inside and out. I was able to mm. break bread and sit in cubicles with these people. Mm -hmm. And that was my special sauce, Monty. That's where I learned how to start a company because empathy and dignity, if you have that in abundance, you're going to be exceptionally successful. Mm. Yeah, you know, um, I always wanted to learn how to speak Spanish because... No, like a lot of um, a lot of people come to my job and they speak Spanish and I don't like to go get the Spanish people and talk. So I learned a little bit Espanol. So I know a little bit to get sure. me by. But you Mommy, said just it, learn you, the present tense. You know, you got yeah. the family of five, the yo to usted, nosotros ustedes. It's you could break down a blar. You yeah, can yeah. break down comer. And if you can do pure present tense, you're flying. You're doing just fine. I know one thing you said was I watch Spanish movies and I read it as they going. And I'm like, oh, that's, that's what I can learn. That's the double-double. You know yeah. that. Yeah. 
yeah. You're reading so, their lips too, and you get the, <laughs> you get to see everything. I like that. I'm I'm mm-hmm. a, I'm a, I'm gonna have to put that on. But but mind. but but Monty, you gotta have the passion for it. Just don't make it a one and a done. It's a real commitment. Oh no, it's the sort of thing that you'll you'll stumble from time to time. You're a strong man, so you don't mind sharing it in public. No one's gonna laugh or ridicule you. They oh. may correct you, make a suggestion, but my man, they will always love the fact that you're trying. There was always some wind in my cells and the motivation to keep studying. I know a lot of Spanish people, when I talk Spanish, they surprised that I speak a little Spanish. They like, man, when like early in the morning, bonus dias, and they like, they like, that was you? I'm like, yeah. I'm like, you know, I know a little Espanol, so yeah. That's cool. But, yeah. So um, let me see. Oh, yeah. You said, and you said this a lot, your friend. Mm-hmm. Brought you to the the call center. Oh yeah, one right. in a million opportunity, money. So tell me of the story. How did that come about? Like, did he just give you a call? Was you sitting back on the couch wondering, scratching your head? He called you, and it was a life changing. I always believe in the stars being aligned. I was in between jobs at the moment. My cousin Joe said, "Hey, remember Joey?" I go, "I most certainly do." So I had a bunch of friends that knew that I was available, was yearning to do something like this, gave me this one in a million opportunity that does cross your path every now and again. Mm. As I mentioned before, if you can get past certain guilt or restrictions in your life, I say go for it. As long as you're not being irresponsible financially or really hurting your family. Mm-hmm. But maybe I just wasn't following in certain footsteps. So allow me to at least fail with my pride. But that didn't happen. <laughs> so I came down. It was only supposed to be for two months. I came down in August of 2000. It was kind of fun. It was almost like a real world. I was living with seven other people in a house. Okay. And uh, one by one, people just started going home back to the States because, A, they didn't want to work at a call center, or B, they just weren't going to work. <laughs> so they, right. they didn't last. But when I got off that plane and I saw Costa Rica and the art of speech and these young kids in their mid-20s that were conversing in English, and getting these positive escalations, I gravitated towards it. I also realized I had a home court advantage. I could really do this. Mm. And, and by giving all these resources, I stayed for four years, and I guess I learned it from the inside and out. And I almost went from high school to the pros. I never went through the manager or supervisor level. I, Monty, gee, I never lost the essence, which got me into it in the first place. So I started my own company, One Seat. And it grew, grew to, you know, close to almost 200 seats. And it's been almost 15 years. So looking back, I invested in myself. I took this chance. And if you can live with yourself like that, because if you know you go the distance, you're going to win. There are twists and turns. There's no straight lines in nature, Monty J. So how how would you expect it to be easy? You got to grind it out. You got to be the champ. And and I'm a testament of somebody that had to take it 3,000 miles away from my family to test my skills and Mm. um, just maybe had to be done. I mean, it was a beautiful thing. It was a beautiful thing. So let me see. I wanted to ask you this. Yeah. How many books have you read in the last 90 days? 
I'm more of an audio book kind of guy. And if I read, I read the news. <laughs> you know, my third okay. grade teacher would be disappointed in me. <laughs> now, I'm, well, the question was, how many books or audio books have you read in the last 90 days? I can't necessarily say full books from start to finish. I'm more into, let's just say, old time radio. So I'll listen to episodes of speakers in the past that were more eloquent and had choice vocabulary, if that counts at all. Or I might just be listening to sort of philosophies online. I enjoy things to allow me to ponder. Okay. Sometimes it's a commitment to a book. It's almost like a movie. If you rented it, you kind of have to sit through it. I I don't know if I want to sit through 400 pages. Sometimes I got to get to the point. And um, I, I like things that are a little bit shorter, so it's easier to digest. And if it's a theme that I like, then I can almost binge listen or binge watch or just, you know, drink it while it's good. And then I get sick of it. And then you're on to the next thing. But for my craft, I always like listening to uh, conversations which are very engaging and very intelligent. So you can almost learn diplomacy, maybe to avoid fighting. Or if there is an argument, you listen to how somebody was able to calm the situation and make nice. And so those are the main things I try to pick out of these sort of interactions that I listen to, Monty G. Okay. So um, do you listen to like motivational videos? Is a certain person that you listen to? That's a good point. My favorite actor, voice actor, would be Basil Rathbone. So Mm. I listen to a ton of his stuff. But, you know, I enjoyed Remington Steele and Templeton Peck, of course. But uh, my my main thing is that I don't need the motivational stuff. It's okay, but I really don't get too much out of it. I have enough self-confidence. I don't need to worry about somebody else. And so I I look for biographies or I look for somebody that tests thought. So I'm able to look at things at different perspectives. It doesn't mean that I agree with it. And there are also some topics I've never expected to even jump into and listen. It's almost like when they give these university classes online, you don't have to pay for it. You can dabble in it and see if you want to sit through it. And I'll listen to things I thank God never paid for and never had to take a test on. But just to see if the topic is interesting enough or I can grasp it or it might be a new avenue for me. You never know, Monty. But um, I'm open minded. I, I don't really like negativity. I, I don't want to watch people bashing each other. If anything, it's more for conflict management where I can learn that stuff. Mm-hmm. But we don't have that much time. I mean, I'm working out in the gym. I'm spending time with my wife. I'm doing other things. I, I don't really know how much I can have that sort of commitment to be able to fulfill that sort of you know, book. Yeah. You know, yeah, I listen to... I listen to... Um, I listen to audio books when I have the time and, uh, but they help me a lot. No, I listen to, um, Les Brown on a motivational right. side. Uh, I listen to, mm-hmm. um, uh, what's his name? Napoleon Hill. Excellent. Girl Rich. Yeah. Sure. Um, I check out a lot of different stuff, but I'm just like you, but it's a lot of like I say I go to the um the school of YouTube University. You know, like YouTube got so much information out there 
And if you just cut out all the negative stuff and look for all the positive, you'll learn a lot of stuff that you wasn't taught from your family. So my next question is, what is something you had to unlearn? Impulse control. Mm. All right. If I'm given the luxury of time, if I may listen and ponder and then readjust myself and come back the next day level-headed and fresh, I can keep the relationship, maybe even make it better. Because before you feel like you need to answer immediately or make your point, and I hate deal breakers. You should never be a deal breaker. For mm. what? Or saying something that you can't take back at the moment. It's mm. so you have to be very careful. I think when we look back in our past, those are usually the times when we knew that we weren't mature enough to have said the right thing or have done the right thing. You should be taking your jacket off and putting it over puddles from time to time. And people forget these sort of things in, in the moment. They're thinking of other things. But that was it. And the more that I lived outside the United States, Monty, and realizing I was a guest in this country, not at a home court advantage. It humbles you. It, it makes you more alert, more lucid of what's going on around you. And I think I was drinking life a little bit more. Back home, I was in a routine that I was used to. Mm. And it just you just can't snap out of it. But here every day is like a, you know, jagged Saturday. <laughs> you never know what's going to happen today. And um, I like that sort of stuff. I, I, it keeps you all on your toes. It, yeah. it, it makes life a little more, you know, livid and, and you can really see what's going on around you. Uh-huh. So I heard you say you got a wife, right? So how long you been married and did you meet your wife there or over here and you just brought her there? Oh, she's a Costa Rican girl. It's kind of funny. She's in a place called Fila and I'm from Philadelphia. <laughs> so yeah. like, that's how we met. Oh, no, but I met her when I first came here. And mm. so I've known Grace for 22 years. We've been together mm. for a long time. Yeah. And I actually got married three times, which is kind of cool. Once in Costa Rica in this outdoor Greek amphitheater in Las Caletas. Second time was in Arizona in front of this waterfall, which was cool, at Ganey Ranch. And then the third time was in Vegas at the little wedding chapel where everybody goes. So, yeah, we yeah, went and yeah. did that too. Yeah. Yeah, I did that. And um, I've been married for 20 years. First time oh, marriage, and um, I'm still hanging on. So, yeah. Yeah. So you met your princess, man. You get to grow yeah. old together. Yeah. And that's that's beautiful, man. You came down there, found a, 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 a new way of living, found your, got your wife, and a new whole life, man. That's, that's... Man, it found me. I almost, like, fell back into it. It's fun. Mm. It's like that big, you know, bucket of balls that you have at Chuck E. Yeah, Cheese. Chuck e. Cheese. You just go, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's the ball pit. Anything yeah. goes in this thing. So, you know, of course I was going to go for it. Wouldn't you? Uh, man, yeah. Yeah. All right, let me see. Um, I ask you that. Man, I just want to know, like, tell me a little bit about the call center before I get off into these questions, because I want to dig off into how was your upcoming, your upbringing, like, with how you was was a kid? Like, some, like my podcast is about inspiring the youth, right? 
and sometimes yeah and sometimes let's let's go way back then i can go way 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 back you have this thing one of my earliest and fondest memories was raising money for east abington little league we were walking around the neighborhood knocking on doors selling dollar candy bars and this was like in 1978 (laughs) that's expensive that's like a 20 candy bar but i remember this It, it took me about one full saturday to knock on enough doors and give a smile and properly introduce myself and charm Mrs. Jones that I'm buying a uniform. A lot of times they would just give me money and not even take the candy. But I learned multiple things that day that you work hard, you can succeed. If you have charm, it definitely opens many doors. And my dad taught me a huge lesson. I sold all the candy bars. And he said to me, listen, kid, you worked your tail off. I'm going to teach you a lesson. I'm going to pay for it. You get to keep that money. And I was like, (laughs) What are you going to do with that kind of money? But um, I remember this without even knowing that I was going to get that as a prize. I just enjoyed the adventure that day. And I must have been young. What is this? It's been like six, seven years old doing this thing out in the neighborhood. That was the first start. Of course, lemonade stands. And you need to have that personality. It's not like you're trying to pitch the money. They'll give you the money because you're cute. Of course, they're going to buy it. You know, you're just amazing. You just need to learn manners. You need to sit up straight. You need to look somebody in the eye and you should say, good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Mrs. Jones, what is your name? My name is Richard. Very nice to meet you. And these are the things, as we mentioned, I learned in Spanish, learned in English that I see that's elegant and that works and opens doors that Richard started using to sell candy bars at six to 12 years old. By being charming with Mrs. Jones, like what I used to watch on Dynasty, like when my mom was watching that back in the 80s. Mm. You listen to Joan Collins and, and those people speak and you say, hey, it might be very nice to use something like that. It's not cursing. It's not yelling. But this is very eloquent vocabulary that people will respond favoritively. And so I learned that at a very young age. A, it got me out of trouble. Mm. But B, it enabled me to make a lot of friends. And so when I was in high school, I was very much active in student government. I did that because my grades weren't the best. So I'm not recommending people being a rebel in high school. Please do your studies. I just was not focused during those years. But I was involved. I learned a lot outside the classroom. It gave me a chance to raise money through donut sales. I also contributed towards the dances, the sporting events and raising money and just and just being active and building the confidence. And you're not going to believe this. If I didn't get the college recommendation letter, Monty G, from the late Principal Norman Schmidt from Abington High School, there's no way I would have gotten into Arizona. Mm. And it also helped by my Spanish teacher, Esperanza Galshack, giving me a college recommendation letter. But no, I had to do it fourth and long. <laughs> I had to get into that end zone. But yeah. I, I did it through merit. I just didn't do it through the grades. And back in the day, my intentions were honorable. I was just exceptionally immature. But I, I knew that I had an ability to represent myself in a certain way that was non-offensive mm-hmm. and that people gravitated towards it or remembered my name or took the time to introduce me to somebody else because they felt comfortable enough that I could be associated with them. And I was in sports teams. I played hockey. I was doing other sports as well. So I met a lot of kids and you win some, you lose some. And as a hockey player, check this out. I started at center, was a wing, then went to D and then ended up in goal. 
And I played goalie even throughout college when we played in fraternities and stuff. So it's about, it's not about being on the team, Monty G. It's about finding the right position on the team, right bus, right seat. So I, I was able and capable of realizing I was part of the team, but just where does Richard fit in? And that was easier for me too back in the day. I, I was molding into myself and I knew my interests and my interests were not rebellious or getting me in trouble or getting me kicked out of school or in detention. And it seemed to be something that both males and females and adults were comfortable with. Mm. And, and so I just expanded on that. <laughs> it doesn't hurt to smile and to right. pay attention to details and compliment food and someone's beautiful house and the fact that they took the time to pick you up and drive you to the movies. Thank you, Mrs. Jones. That's very nice. So mm -hmm. I'm the only friend that did it. <laughs> you know, those are the kind of things you got to remember. Yeah. And they will remember you because of that. You was the only one that did it. You're the only friend they're going to let you play with. Yeah. And yeah when they too. meet, how about this, Monty G? When they see your mother, they're going to listen, by the way. Monty G is literally one of the most well-behaved young men at my house. He finished his plate. He was fun, polite. We, we love him. He can come back. Anytime. Anytime. Yes. And yeah. you know how your mother's going to feel on something like that. She'll feel like a million dollars because the best compliment is how you raised your child. Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, sometimes with my son, he go visit his friends and they say he's so nice and polite. And I'm like, I'm glad you noticed. You know, he got it from me. You know, so, yeah, it do make you feel like <laughs> you feel like a millionaire when they talk good about your kid. So, well, it's easy. It's a protective bubble because you haven't said something embarrassing. You didn't use profanity. You didn't insult mm -hmm. someone. So you're not trying to walk it back or apologize. Mm -hmm. All you're doing, Monty G, is just building on that momentum of being a well-received guest somewhere. Yeah. And it's very nice, especially when they feed you. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you keep complimenting her how delicious it is. Oh, you get a second piece of pie. Of yeah, course. <laughs> yeah. So your friend, the one that changed your life, oh, did yeah. you meet him in college or was he a friend at a, at, a, at a young age? Oh, no, this was college. But all of my friends throughout my life have been incredible. But for this one stage of Costa Rica, no, it was an extremely special individual that um, was friends with me for such a long time prior to even this opportunity. So you could never misconstrue it as being a tit for tat or someone owing someone else a favor. These are just two incredibly close friends that once again offered an amazing opportunity just from pure kindness. Right. And that's why it was received the way it was. It was nothing expected in return. Little did I know that this was going to turn into this amazing adventure, but it takes a lot to speak to for somebody and put your word out there because if this individual falls short, it's not necessarily on you, but you kind of did recommend that individual. But on the flip side, if you know somebody that flies high and goes far, you are so proud to be their friend. And then you can even brag and say, I knew him when he was eight years old. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So you have real old school history, the times during sleepovers and dinners and the time someone fell off a bike and cried and ran home. You were there, still his friend. Yeah. But um, 
those are the old schools before the fame and the fortune or before these responsibilities that might compromise certain decisions you may have. And so I've had amazing people at every stage of my life, but you and I both know that the friends you make during your elementary years are usually your, your strongest friends. Mm-hmm. And I ask you that question because, you know, I, um, I try to explain to my kids, like, when you go to college, it's not like high school and the people that you meet in college, they're going to be well-connected and they can change your whole life. So my both of my boys, they graduated and I was like, you got to, I got to go to college. They're like, oh, we don't want to go to school no more. And we'll, and I'm like, wow. And, and I'm like, and we moved around a lot. All right. So, and so they went to several different schools, but I think school kind of, I don't know what it did to them, but they wasn't excited to learn anymore. Hi, Monty J. Or, or, or if they was learning. They were. You they know, were. And, um, but With the teachers. it's. I, I, so we sit down at the dinner table and I talk to them and they tell me, they say, Dad, I learned more from you than I learned from my teachers. Well, you knew that from the start. <laughs> How do you expect those teachers to keep up with, you know, graduate level advice? Yeah. yeah. So I'm like, uh, I'm like, all right, man. But, you know, it, and that's why I asked you the question, like, because you meet someone in college and you don't even know that this can be the person that changed your life. And I tell people all the time, when somebody say come visit, that's a life changer. Because you say, yeah, I'm going to visit for a couple of weeks, and there you is for 20 years. Well, Monty G, this is what I do know, that I am consistent. And the reason that I got the confidence from these certain individuals with these connections is because I wasn't looking for something or to try to rise the social ladder. I was just as true as the day is long. And I guess I'm, I was considered the break from the hustle. I was considered the individual that could just kick it and not ask any questions, business or pressure related. I could just talk about fun things. Okay. Okay. I'm glad you said that because we at 30 minutes right now and I call this the hour of power. So, we, oh. yeah. So we got, we got another 30 minutes left and I got some questions for you and they some fun questions. Well then let's do this, my man. All right, let's go. Let me get to the questions. I had a couple of questions for you, but you know, you've been you've been going in, so well thank uh, you. Yes. <laughs> All right. First question. Mm-hmm. What's the first thing you do when you wake up in the morning? What's the first thing you do or think about when you wake up in the morning? That bed is made. I can almost flip a dime on it. Mm-hmm. That's a mutual respect and completing that circle. But just like you waking up early, I'm a little bit later than you, but I'm in the gym by 530. And yeah. so I work out for a couple hours in the morning and I have to drive to work in a convertible. <laughs> I got to do that as well to put me in a mode. And yeah. also I have a gamification culture. I collect pinball machines and retro arcade machines. So I'm always gaming and playing my old restored machines. Yeah. And I, I was going to ask you about that. Like, is, it, is that something that you always want to do as a kid? 
and now you got the money and you you, know, you got the people so you're like you know what i got a big old game room come on because i hear you talk about how people need to reset themselves or just blow some steam off and you say come on to the game room so That's tell me so tell me what you got in the game room oh man i got a bunch of pinball machines like jurassic park hook world cup street cut street fighter alpine oh, racer fighter. 2 is a ski machine you know ultimate fighter uh, killer instinct i mean i got a bunch of stuff even an air hockey table it's it's free play i don't charge you okay. <laughs> so and, and i rotate the games out because you only have so much space downstairs i still got another eight machines but um the, the main thing as you said before is to let off the steam recharge batteries make friends hang out with me and also play a machine that is passe. It's very difficult to find original pinball machines these days, I know. especially in Costa Rica. But getting to your point, absolutely. I had the cash. I got the space. It's treasure hunting. Mm -hmm. And besides pinball, I collect Ricola jute boxes as well. Mm. And one man's trash is another man's Man treasure. treasure. I'm going to drive a couple hours to pick something up. And something from the 60s, 70s, and 80s. You got to be kidding me. The fact that they've been preserved for so long, you can really appreciate the artwork and the marquees and the lights and the sound. And so I do have experts here that assist me in restoring the machines. It's easy to order parts. And I don't know about you, but I take out the Wildcat 125, a special <laughs> liquid. Mm. And I slowly clean the surface. I talk to them, tell them how beautiful they are. My wife looks at me, she goes, you're crazy. I go, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's, that's a definite <laughs> sword I'm willing, to, <laughs> I'm willing to fall on. Yeah, I'm willing to admit that to anybody. And so, yes, my friend, I, I've created an environment where there's still some sort of play. It shows the people that work with me that I care about them enough and that I'm cool, but mm -hmm. also that you can chill out for a little bit and, and have an area to relax. And so your entire audience, when they grow up and they become exceptionally successful like me and you, mm -hmm. they get their shot at it. They have their chance to know someone's name, to give them support, to make an environment pleasing and comfortable. You'll get your shot to be a leader. And, and I hope that they take it seriously because you're supposed to pay it forward. That's right. It, 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 me today, you tomorrow, Monty G. You know mm -hmm. that. And so mm -hmm. my advice to your amazing young audience that is taking the time to watch this podcast and to better their lives with certain role models is that you don't need to be, you know, play the fool and joke around and always get laughs. There's certain times for that, but people respect others that follow through on commitments and that are willing to do things when the cameras aren't rolling and your friends aren't around that dedicated practice mm -hmm. and making yourself better and mm -hmm. sticking with time. So you do show up at a certain time or you do follow through on certain things. And, and those are the first downs in order to get your touchdowns. Mm -hmm. And if you can have these sort of ethics, then you have this as a young individual. Imagine what you can do when you have more resources as an adult yeah. and the ability to really spend your cash. Hey, I know. Yeah, that, that's, I like that. You know, I always tell people, practice make improvement. Of course. Yeah, yeah. So, all right, next question. Um, hot or cold, which one mm -hmm. do you prefer? Is it pizza? I prefer it cold. But if it's temperature, I like it hot because I get cold. Oh, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> I mean, if you name me 10 things, I can say hot or cold. I only go 50%. It's a yin and a yang. It's a sweet and a sour. You got to name me the topic. 
right. I mean, which one you prefer? Like, um, some people take <laughs> cold showers. Some people take hot showers. Oh, some if you're talking like showers, cold, hot showers. No, I mean, some people like to live in cold weather. Some people oh, like no, to live no, in no. hot weather. Correct. Hot. Yes. Yes. One more question. So I'll give you a hot and cold. <laughs> All right. I mean, you're asking great questions, though. Yeah, yeah hot shower yeah. And, and warm weather. So I'm two for two on the hot. Yeah, yeah. all right. <laughs> you're so far. Hamburgers or tacos? Oh, I'm a hamburger guy. Oh. Without a doubt. But you know what I like to do? I like to scoop out the bread a little bit and just make it more of like a, you know, covering because it fills you up too much. And it really, because if you start stacking burger, instead of having it slide out or get you dirty, it really just caps it in there. So oh, all the like stuff a, gets like a, like a dome. Of course, you don't need that extra bread. That you're you're missing out on great real estate. That's where the pickles need to be. You're out yeah. of your mind. And the onions and the grilled onions. Hey, that's crazy. You said that. You said real estate and it just popped in my head. Like I tell, I ask people all the time. I say, do you know what business is McDonald's in? Yeah, they own all the real estate everywhere. Real estate. And everybody say they hamburgers. I'm like, you know you can make a better hamburger than McDonald's. Blasphemy. Really? Yeah. Better than a McBLT? <laughs> yeah. You know you <laughs> better can Better than a Shamrock Shake? <laughs> Are you I serious? Say, yeah. So, yeah, they in the real estate. They got, like you oh, said, they fine. got real estate all over the place, you know? Mm -hmm. so. Yeah, but you're wasting real estate on bad bread. You could stuff more goodies on top of it. You're crazy. Yeah. So growing up, what was your favorite cartoon? Ooh. Different stages of life. I loved <laughs> Fritz. I loved Fritz the cat. Fritz the cat. Hey. All right. So next question. I told you going to be some fun questions. Um, growing up, what was your favorite cereal? Ooh. I guess I enjoyed... Um... I guess I enjoyed Apple Jacks. Oh, Apple Jacks. Yeah, I was an Apple Jacks kind of guy. Okay. Okay. Oh, what is your favorite pair of shoes of all times? Spats. Spats? Spats, S P A T Z. It's like the old black and white, or even tan and brown and white. The, the 19 the 1920s style. Oh. Okay, okay, okay. I'm at look. That's, that's how, oh, that's how I roll. Absolutely. Okay, okay. Yeah, spat right. shoes. Um, I got a guy down here that makes them custom made. It's amazing. Oh yeah. I might like, give me a pair made. Yeah, when you come right. visit, absolutely. Yes. All right. So what was the worst job you ever had? Man, the worst job that I ever had. Oof. There were a few that weren't so good, <laughs> but I guess um, the worst job that I ever had, I guess it was selling door-to-door -door meats. I did it one day. Mm. I, got sucker I got suckered in, and I think they sent me with a shill, but it was something that vacuum-sealed meat, and they had these plans for like 300 bucks. I must have oh. been right. Yeah, man. I was right out of college looking for something. You can make this amount a day. I'm like... You know we're going to make that. So I go down there. I'm all dressed well. So they send me, because I'm a clean cut. So they sent me out, I'm telling you, with the mark. Because all these people were renting their their uh, vans for the day with the cooler in the back. 
And so we went to this one, went to this one apartment complex and we started knocking on doors and lo and behold, by the fifth door, he's got a woman signing tons of stuff and buying tons of stuff. And then at the end of the day, I'm like, where's my cut? He goes, your cut's experience. Why don't you come back the next day and start renting this truck? I'm like, are you serious? I got dirt all over me, crap in my hair. And I go, seriously, I go, ma'am, I understand where this was going. Tell your wife she can keep the meat. I know that's who you sold it to. <laughs> I go, I'm not coming back tomorrow. So that was literally the worst job that I ever had. But um, I learned a lot. There's nothing wrong with canvassing. It really builds character. In fact, I worked for Frontier Communications, was the first legitimate job that I had post-grad that I kept. And so um worked there for a year it was a telecom company and that was great um, that was excellent experience i was selling in the latino marketplace in phoenix because their international rates were much higher than domestic rates and the rate deck was incredible and back in those days you just signed a contract and showed your bills that didn't have an outstanding balance and you were just selling accounts like crazy and it was mm. i'm going to date myself it's during the days of uh, broadcast faxing where you put in the facts and just shoot yeah. out the people. And so, yeah, during those years. So, um, yeah, so um, it was something else I wanted to ask you about the um, your call center. Mm -hmm. So do people call y'all or you call them? A little bit of both. We have inbound customer support and back office support. Certain campaigns work with appointment setting and lead generation and, and sometimes even sales. But sales... Sales to me is a very small segment of the labor pool. There's really no loyalty to a flag. It's almost like a mercenary. They'll just jump with the best offer and they're highly marketable. So mm -hmm. just beware. Those might be hotshot individuals that come in with bad habits and could be a cancer. Not trying to scare your young audience, but listen, I'm going to tell you the balls and the strikes. And sometimes there's certain things to avoid. Shiny objects could also not be exactly what you think they are. You're almost better off, Monty G bringing someone that's bilingual, which bears the mark of higher education, but let's say they don't have call center experience. It's very easy for me or you to take on a squire. We can mold them. They don't have bad habits. And it's very easy to teach you a CRM and a headset. The rest is I got to teach you composure and delivery, which is very easy to do. And so if you and I are going to grow a company, sure, we'll bring in people with experience, but a lot of time we got to bring in the freshmen. We got to get them off the speed. And to me, some of those are the better and more long-term employees that I've been able to have. Okay. I was um, my, I was telling my son about you, and he brought up something. He said, uh, yeah, you know, they got the call center. You can call and ask him if you got trouble with your video game. I'm like, what? He said, yeah, they'll help you with your video game. I'm like. My call center. <laughs> Yeah, I say, oh, oh, I didn't even know that. So yeah. All right. So well, we have specific accounts. I'm not sure if we if we're working with video games. What console are you talking about? If it's like in television or ColecoVision, I can personally help you. Uh, <laughs> cool. Yeah, on the, yeah, yeah. But I think he on the um, I don't get onto the video games, but he got a PlayStation something. I don't know. Well, there might be a, a, a customer service number on the back of the box. It, it may or may not ring into my center, most likely not. I don't remember having any accounts like that, but there are areas that will assist. My suggestion for your son, if he ever needs to get something fixed at a company, is to give a positive escalation. Mm -hmm. If somebody ever helps you 
and you're going to continue working with that company, try to get transferred to a supervisor because yeah. they get 99 yelling, cursing and screaming calls. But if you say, hey, listen, um, supervisor, I just want to let you know that Monty G did the most amazing job. I'm a happy client. He resolved the issue. And don't kid yourself, your supervisor, Monty, is going to note that down. And that's also when it gets passed on to higher ups, because that's where bonuses are given. That's where promotions are thought of. Mm. And so when you're thinking about calling the company back, if you happen to get Monty G on the phone, there's a very good chance I'm going to get a discount. You might resolve it quicker, put me into the front of the line or say, Richard, Thank you very much for speaking to my supervisor about me. I really appreciate it. Now I'm a supervisor and here's my direct line, just in case you need anything. And you know, yeah. you're friends with Monty G now and, yeah. and you did it the old school way. You know, you helped them out. And yeah. that's how I've been friends with owners of restaurants that work their way up and people that get you the best seat at the airport. Cause you're nice to the lady at front for the last 10 years. You didn't yell yeah. at her. That's how you play the long game on that. You just be very nice and you give the positive escalation so people remember you and you separate yourself from others for long-term relationships. Yeah, I got to say, I like your philosophy, man. You know, sometimes mm -hmm. I, I tell people like, and I ask people this to try to change their mindset. I say, when you go out to eat for dinner, do you pay do you tip the waitress first or after dinner? And they say, after dinner. And I'm like, no. I say, think about this. If you tip the waitress, slide a $10, $20, and you say, me and my wife going to go out to eat and take care of us, they're going to do this thing called hovering around you. You need something to drink. You need something. You're going to have the best experience. I say, you don't tip last. They're like, well, what if the food wasn't good? It don't matter. You you want the experience of having a good time. Because somebody probably had four bad tables, and now they get to your table, and they bringing that bad energy to you, and your food going to be bad. Everything will be bad. But if you go ahead and nip it in the butt right now and say, hey, you go 20 bucks, take care of me and my wife. She going to get her jacket because it's cold in here. And when she come back, you know, you act like you know me, you know, take care of me. And they're going, oh, thank you. Um, Monty, you need anything? And we'll, you need any more water, any more uh, refill? Or, that's what they're going to do. And I try to tell people, and they're like, no, no. And I'm like, you know what? I see where your head at. My head and your head is in two different places. Mm -hmm. So I like your philosophy. I like how, how you, you put it, like, you know, you can be talking to somebody next, you know, you get a bonus or you get a raise or you be stepping up. And that's what it's all about. It's about having a good relationship with people, making them laugh, having fun, giving them a good experience that they'll never forget. Monty G, knowing their name. Knowing the their name. Mm -hmm. Knowing their name. Yep, that's it. So I got what another else you question. Got? If you can talk to your 16-year-old self, at the age you at right now, what would you tell them? I would tell them to practice the violin a little bit more because I'm starting now and I'm terrible. <laughs> if I started then, I'd be able to impress my wife. So I wish maybe I was a little more musically inclined back in the day to take some more lessons and to start practicing. Okay, okay. You said the violin. You 
<laughs> yeah, you say you bad at it right now, huh? You know, if you start early, it's gonna be like a second nature. Of course. Yeah, if I play for you right now, we couldn't be friends anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Cut it out of the episode. Oh no. Alright, uh, let me see. Oh my question. I hit my button. All right, I said 16 on sale. All right. So if you had a superpower, what would it be? If you can have any superpower, what would it be? My superpower, I guess it'd be able to fly. Fly? Okay. And to have that sort of ex- have that sort of experience. I mean, I'm not gonna go out there with you know being invisible so I could steal something. No. Or be super duper strong so I can beat up everybody like Popeye. I think I would want to try something that would just be an addition to. And if I had the ability to float, I could have that sensation while still being me, not completely changing like into the Incredible Hulk. But um, I think the sensation of flying would just be amazing. Okay. If you can change one thing in the world, what would you change? I would change hunger, 100%. I don't think anybody should go to bed hungry. I don't know how to solve it. I'm not at that stage, but there's nothing worse than an empty stomach. I I think it's growing up, you should always smell something cooking in the kitchen on a rainy night. And Mm -hmm. you should always be comfortable physiologically so your body is in peace when you end your day. So then possibly you can recharge during the night and start the next day strong. Uh And so I think everybody should at least be given that sort of basic nutrition. Okay. So on that note, what is your favorite thing to cook or put in the microwave? My favorite food (laughs) of all time is, is uni with quail's egg, which is a sea urchin. That stuff is so tasty and delicious, but my wife makes an excellent octopus dish, which I love. And the seafood here is incredible. So I'm always cooking up lobster tails and stuff. So consider me someone that adores seafood. And okay. if the recipe is right, I can eat as much as I can until I pass out. Okay. Okay. All right. If you was stuck on the island and you had to only pick two albums to listen to, like music, what would it be? I guess I would choose Jimi Hendrix Greatest Hits and In Excess Greatest Hits. Hmm. Okay. That's two, right? That's it. That's something to it. You you got a third one? Oh, I can do a third one, then throw in some sort of classical, maybe some sort of Beethoven or Bach or something. I don't know. I got to switch it up a little bit and then maybe just mescal Arlo and put all three together. I, I don't know. You don't think you're going to be sick of all of them after one month. I mean, but <clears throat> Beethoven, though. I, I Let me put it this way. You can eat too much chocolate. You know yeah. that. There's yeah. always too much of something and everything. It's it's yeah. it's, it's, it's too much of one. Yeah, too much of anything. Yeah. All right. Um, Wait, well, how about this? Hold on. Can I, yeah. can I go back for a second? Go ahead. Am I able to take some sort of music that's not – Primitive, let's say, but let's say it could be some sort of mixture of a, a, a beat or a sound people that use for these sort of meditation sort of purposes where it could just be consistent, not like a humming, 
or mm-hmm. buzzing. But do, if I'm allowed to create any sort of music, or does it have to be an artist? I may want to, if I may, besides the ocean, the breeze and stuff, create other types of sounds that mm-hmm. could last longer, expand me more, not memorize the freaking lyric or the lick, but really just have a sort of different type of Relaxation. small to middle to, to sounds mm-hmm. for me. I think that might be better because you have the wind and the ocean. You got that for the next 50 years on the island and you can live with that. You're not sick yeah. of it. It's, it's soothing and you like it. So I would need some other, maybe three sort of music stimulations to be able to make that complete. Yeah. Scratch the first three. Let's make some good music <laughs> that, that could last me if I may. You know, the first music that was ever made was came from the birds and animals. You know, yeah. I, I used to go in my backyard like about six in the morning after I work out. I and I just listen to the birds and the, and I'm like, wow, I'm like, that sounds beautiful. And and I grew up in Chicago. Right now I'm in Florida. And right. um and it's just it's beautiful. And I'm like, man, it's so peaceful and quiet. I'm like, man. Nature's from- music. Yeah, we're gonna Nature- choose nature's music. <clears throat> nature's music. Hey, nature's I like things that. you can't get on the island. It's gotta be like cold stuff, <clears throat> you know, or other things that that's not on the island. Uh-huh. Yeah, okay. <laughs> All right. Um let me see. Uh you know what? Let me go back to the questions that before we cut out, I'm going to get to the question that I have for you. I tell you, Monty G, you are more than prepared. This has been an amazing interview. I, I can't uh, thank you enough. I, I'm so excited. I ain't going to even lie. I'm so excited. I feel like I'm bouncing all over the place. There we go. Look what we did I, on a Friday night. Look hey, at this. Hey, because I've been waiting for two weeks for, to have this interview. Which yeah, I saw that on YouTube. Everyone's been excited for the upcoming episode. So I, yeah. as I say, I can't thank you enough. Yeah. So um, let me see. I asked you about that. Uh, I'm going to get into your, your business. Uh, let me see. I asked you that already. Yeah, I asked most of the questions I said, but... I told you, I'm like, I'm just all over the place, man. I love those random questions. Keep asking me questions. This is the best. I I know. Let me get back into my random question. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I like your story about when you, when you was talking about, um, I had one of your, hold on, give me one second. You know, Monty, everybody wants to leave a castle to slay a dragon, save a princess and be a prince. If you hold yourself back from any sort of real life adventure, when you become my age, close to 50 years old, you just don't want that sort of regret. You don't want to hurt your life or make it more difficult. But there are certain things inside of you that you have to fulfill. Yes. You you have to really think about these things when you put your head on a pillow at night, what you really want to do with your life and your time. Because, my friend, you know how fast it goes. Man, it, it, my thing is, what are we going to leave when we leave? No, what are we going to leave on this earth to let us know that we was here? So, 
I get I wrote a couple books and um you know I used to do music. I kind of scratched that. I wanted to start over and be more positive because the music I was doing <clears throat> it wasn't that positive, but people seemed to like it, but the people that like it wasn't positive either. So Monty G, you were going through a stage. It's all right. You expressed it, yourself. Yeah, and that's all it was. I was expressing myself how I felt and how, how I feel now. I don't feel that way. So I'm like, don't we change? I mean, wasn't your hairstyle different when you were 12? <laughs> you know, things change. Yeah, it was nice and curly. Now it's nice and bald. Yeah. Excellent. So, <laughs> so uh, can you tell me? Like your, what's the word I'm looking for? Like a, a testimony that you felt like, oh, this had to be God to make this happen. Like, wow, I can't believe this. The fact that I met my wife down here, the mm. one in a million shot, I should have never been here to begin with. Ooh. And the fact that she and I were able to start a company that's almost 15 years old, I mean, 10% of companies make it a year, 1% make it 10 years. I'm in a competitive industry. So every day to me is, is gravy on top. And so a testament is more proof in the pudding, that track record that fortunately for me, I luxury. It's not despair. I didn't fail necessarily. And I believe that now I did have certain setbacks, of course. You may lose clients and individuals you invest in may disappoint you, Monty G, and they'll just not give you a two weeks notice and just leave. But I know in my mind that I fulfilled that obligation of not just job stability, but I invested in that individual. I mentioned the thesaurus so you can expand on your similes because English is their second language. How can I make it? where they're more marketable, they're more secure, they're self-reliant and self-confident. And these are the sort of things that I took seriously. And so um, the only setback, I guess, to me is that it didn't start earlier. But the reality was that I wasn't ready during those yeah. stages. I, I might have not been able to handle contracts as seriously as you can when you're older or being financially responsible. And so... Um, things happen for a reason. If it happens to you later in life, well, that's the natural way. Because if you force fit in the beginning and it doesn't work out, you can blame everybody else. But in essence, it just wasn't the right time. Right. And I tell people, um, you can always want something, but the real question is, is you ready for it? Are you prepared for it? Because... If you're not prepared for it, the blessing can come and you wasn't prepared, you would just throw it as a fluke, like, oh, it wasn't, uh, it was just, uh, no, that was, that was your changing point, but you wasn't ready. And like what you just said, you say, I wasn't mature enough to handle what I'm, what I'm doing right now. If it had came a month earlier, it wouldn't be where I'm at right now. I wouldn't be at where I'm at right now because my, my mind wasn't there. So I think everything happened for a reason, happened in time. It take it take time. So I know I'm gonna be super successful. I just gotta take the time. I'm not trying to rush it. I'm just having fun with it. 
enjoy most. Just remember, there, there's 10% variable. Was I ready for it? Sure. I just didn't have the experience to handle That's that 10% right. bump in the road or, you know, or puddle. And so that needed to be done. It's, it's, it, you judge character through chaos and how you handle yourself and what you're able to do. And, you know, you're always ready. It's just accepting the fact that there might be a chance to fail. Mm. And if you're concerned that your friends are going to laugh at you, they may. If you might lose a little bit of money, you might. Your time, I got you. Your pride, what pride? In fact, you have more pride by trying than not trying. Right. But I tell you what, my good friend, Monty G, fortune favors the brave. And if you're the only one that volunteers to do something, the only one that's going to reap the rewards. And all sometimes people like to do is speak in circles compared to going outside that circle and trying something in their life. And you're not going to get ridiculed. It's just different. And people are really just being, you know, looking introspective in, in themselves that they didn't have enough confidence to walk across a dance floor and ask someone to dance. Yeah. yeah. Or go into the football game and take that play. I mean, yeah. you got to pass somebody the ball and somebody has to start the show. That's right. Why not you? Be that's that right. individual that's, that is the first one to do the dance. And then everyone's going to jump in. You know that. Yeah. Who better than you to start it off? You so, remember Footloose? Yeah. <laughs> Footloose? Yeah. You got to pull the Footloose every now and again. Be that individual. Yeah. yeah. So uh, let me see. Oh, yeah. We're chopping up at that hour already. Uh, Go so fast, Monty G. I'm not going right. anywhere. I can give you All another right. 10 minutes for an encore if you want. All right. Okay. We can do that then. Listen, uh, why are we going? Why, why are you rushing? Why are you rushing? Uh, we, Your mother would tell you to slow down a little bit. I know. It's, it's all about patience. I'm having the best time, Monty. Where are you going? <laughs> all right. Let me see. Uh, I'm going to get back to some of these questions. I got some questions, but. No, not that one. Yeah, I think I, I got, I got a whole bunch of questions, man. Well, give me the theme, and maybe I can predict some of the questions that you may be asking. All right, so here going one, right? If you, but you're already fifty, right? But just say, if your your average life life was forty years. How would you, what would you do with your life different? Like if you can just live to 40, that was it. What would you do different? Hmm. Guaranteed end of day. You're, you're, the first day you become 40, you drop dead. Well, if you know the time that's ending, you can really organize your time. I guess I would start with elementary education, but then I would be outside every day figuring out what to do just to enjoy those remaining, let's say, 20 years in the hmm. sun, even if it's digging holes or just building barns or something, at least if I know I'm going to die, I'm going <laughs> to, what are you going to do? I'd rather be once again, testing my body and enjoying sunshine mm -hmm. and trying to do something more fulfilling than just chasing money because it's not guaranteed you're going to hit it. Imagine if you wasted those 20 years on wall street and you never even cracked that code. Mm -hmm. And so maybe join the Navy so you can sail the seven seas or 
you know, just try to, if you get to live that life over and over again, just try to do something that is almost a guaranteed of experience Mm -hmm. versus financial success or that sort of prestige that you're looking for. Because how about this? Maybe I spend 30 years practicing the violin. Imagine that sort of fulfilled life. It's guaranteed that you're enjoying yourself every day. So it depends on how I feel that day, my man. I might want to spend 30 years eating. Yeah. <laughs> just yeah. see what happens there. It just keep getting bigger. No, man. you know, life is all about trying something new every day. All right. You know, and um, and I try to practice that. Like I try to do something new, try to get out of that that routine of doing the same thing over and over. Yes. You know, so and some people get trapped into that. Um, well, some things in your routine are positive. You should wash your dishes and make your bed, get up I mean, on time. I mean, yeah, you know. Yeah, but I you need a special sauce in there. You need to at least do something different, as you say. Yeah, yeah. You know, like I, I tell people, I tell my kids, brother, when I say people, I'm talking my kids because they're like my best friends, right? So okay. I tell them, I say, if you can't make your bed up, you can't make a multi-million dollar business. Like if you can't do the small things, you definitely can't do the big things. So they like, wow. I'm like, yeah. Sometimes people get lucky. A first time golfer could get a hole in one. And and you do know some of these geniuses that don't know even how to tie their shoes. And so um, if that's the worst thing that somebody has that they don't know how to iron a shirt or color coordinate, then I think that's the greatest thing ever. Because they might have other skills that could be more of a contribution to humanity. You, you, you was absolutely right. Because you might not be good in this area, but you might be great in another area. I mean, look how you and I look and speak. We're, we're great in many areas. Yeah. <laughs> just, and some people that are just incredible and that are geniuses might have a quirk about them. They might be different in a way that's not offensive but is unique and you have to understand that one rare color that you have in the crayon box that's just awesome <laughs> that everybody loves and um yeah you have to you know like me i like the color mint i always thought that was kind of cool with like cars or mm-hmm. shirts and stuff they reminds me of the yeah. 50s and, and cafes and stuff you got to be like a mint. <laughs> you got to have that certain style that's that's classy and cool. Yeah, to stand out. That's different. But not offensive, not in yeah, your yeah. face, but it, it just slides in there, you know? Yeah. Yeah, my favorite color is um salmon. Is it now? Yes, sir. Well, I can tell. Very good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, um, man, I appreciate you coming on, man. I just... So I, I, that's a question I want to know. Yes, Monty G. How did you run across the Fan Mission podcast? Man, you're on the internet. It's good stuff. You're okay. very popular there. And you're you're so entertaining and so animated that at least it caught my attention. Yeah. Had me sit through a couple episodes. We've been watched you. And then inspired me enough to reach out to you. So think about it like this. You're an eye catcher. There's so many that are out there, especially you at the beginning when you just really hit them hard. You get excited and your background is cool. So how about this? I didn't even hear you initially. You usually see images of podcasts. Mm -hmm. Or if you're scrolling through YouTube, you're looking through certain genres and you will see 
animated individuals that are speaking in backgrounds and you can almost feel the energy of that show. And so that's how I originally saw you to then listen to you, understand you, and definitely want to meet you, Monty G. And so you're doing great stuff, man. You're really doing good work and you're helping a lot of people. Man, I try. I try. I try. So, um, yeah, I try to, if I could reach one person, man, a day, I'm good with that. Like, How about this? You're reaching more than that. The only thing is you don't know about it. There are individuals that watch your videos and talk about you, and they might not be in the right moment to reach out to you like I did. Yep. But you know perfectly well there are people that are listening to you and realizing that they have a friend out there, even if they haven't met you yet. Man, well, if y'all didn't mention it, I appreciate y'all. <laughs> we all do. Yeah. We all do. Yeah. So I ain't going to hold you up too much longer, man. I just I appreciate you coming on the podcast, spending this hour of power with me. It was fun, exciting. And, you know, I wish I had more questions. I got a lot of questions for. Like, I love these questions. Just keep on. A- I'll take someone else's question. See if I can answer. Your young audience, they're impressionable. They could watch a thousand things. They decide to watch me and you. They yeah. decide to watch us multiple times. And as I say before, you can have personality. You can be cool. But being cool doesn't mean getting in trouble. <laughs> you, no, no. You just don't want to do that. It's, it's not worth it. And if you have issues by concentration, sitting down, discipline to go through homework, I don't know what you're going to do, but tr- try to find fun with it and mm. try to... What I used to do, here was a trick where I, I started by speaking. I Studying was boring when it was by myself. So my parents were kind enough to allow me to pull out my history book mm-hmm. or my science book. And instead of talking about certain things by myself or just writing it, they would allow me to read three or four pages to them. And they would assist me or just listen to me speaking it out loud. And just by having that sort of interaction, and instead of just reading it, speaking it, you're still reading it, but you're speaking it. And if you're public speaking it, that's the triple. So how do you not retain that information? You're standing up, you're moving around, your parents and family are proud. You're pausing more compared to having to reread or reread a page because you're going paragraph for paragraph because you're almost Shakespearean. You're holding out your right hand mm-hmm. and you're more expressive and you're doing character building and you're doing this where you're double gunning it because it's school related. It's not mm-hmm. goofy related. And so as long as you're willing to invest the time and your child is willing to stand up and do this sort of studying, hey, you're going to know they're studying. If they do that for an hour, it's guaranteed that they just studied for an hour. You watch them. But it just right. wasn't watching over their shoulder, making them intimidated and grilling. It was like through play. And I tell you what, if they want to dress up in character because they're doing something in history class where they want to sit in some sort of spaceship or make a, a, a fort in the den with pillows and do some sort of action play to go over homework or what some sort of homework assignment is, that's where the breakthroughs happen. Mm. That's where your children become brilliant mm. and they can expand on multiple senses. 
for that better sort of learning experience because just, you know, pen and paper. Sometimes it feels like a chore, Monty G. I, I needed to throw play in, even up to my 50s. I still have to have play with work. You know me. Mm-hmm. And that's what I think that's what it is with my kids. They was getting bored of doing stuff by themselves, studying by themselves. Yeah, man. You know, make it fun. Yeah, There's ways it, to do it. it yeah. Uh, dang, that, that, you got me thinking about that now. Yeah. How about this? One of the best teachers I've ever had, and I've had so many. I had an English teacher that allowed me to turn my paper back in. Now you're like, oh, yeah, really? So I can do this 100 times until I get an A on it? Yeah, sure, if that's what you want. If that's what the goal is, if it's going to take you 100 times to get an A, we got issues. You should, you know, try three or four times to figure out what you did wrong and then you can slide in there. But this teacher was brilliant. It it allowed me to understand what I did wrong, expand on my vocabulary, rewrite something, knowing I'm getting a better grade. But the main goal was to learn and especially composition writing skills. Mm-hmm. I thought that was incredible of this, this individual. Yeah, don't kid yourself. By the first time that I wrote it, it wasn't like, um, you know, getting that A. I, there were times I couldn't crack his code. I mm. couldn't figure it out. They, they didn't give it to me because, you know, of sympathy. And I would get angry sometimes. And he goes, dude, do you really want to get that A? Do you want, How are you going to make 100 grand a year if you can't crack this code? You didn't say it right. The tone is off. Mm. And these were incredible teachers that made me want to do the Mr. Miyagi, Daniel's son, Karate Kid. Miyagi wasn't there during all scenes. Daniel was practicing on the beach in the boat by himself. Yeah. And the best teachers are the ones that ex- excite you so much that when they're not around outside the, outside the classroom, you're practicing. And so for me, I, I used to enjoy studying that sort of stuff because it really, it, it reduced any sort of fear or pressure. Did I take advantage of it? Of course I did. I wanted better grades. Yeah. But when I look back at it, it was probably the most incredible, most effective way to have taught me how to write composition, mm, writing okay. in English. Mm, right. So how important is dual language? For people that don't know, like they just, like I always thought about speaking Spanish and English. So, Monty G, when we get older, I know we'll have our good looks, but we're going to lose our head. Here's the skinny Denny. They say that if you learn a second language or you do crossword puzzles, those are excellent ways to keep your mind sharp. And I also wanted to see, you know, as I mentioned before, this learning a second language, I don't need to download, plug in, or bring equipment with me. So if you have this sort of skill like whistling, <laughs> you right. could really do it anytime, any place, and it won't cost you a dime. And so when you get older, hopefully very old, when you're in your 90s, you know, chill with a nice long beard, you'll be you'll be whipping out multiple languages. Mm-hmm. And you'll just be sitting there chilling, but actively engaged compared to just passively watching a movie or something. And so for me, every sort of experience that I had in college and post-grad when I was speaking Spanish, it was always enhanced. It went from black and white to color. And anything we spoke about was fascinating because it was practicing vocabulary, me actively engaged and listening intensely for short periods of time. 
So guess what would happen, Monty G? Now I'm in the now. Mm. You speak a second language, you are there. You're living in the moment. You can't space out on language. You can if you want to, but if you really want to ride that wave and have an efficient conversation with somebody, you are really giving and taking, and you are there. You're not dropping any plates or losing your balance. And, and once you can do it, and you're talking entry level, which not a problem, champ. Just give it a little bit of time. You'll be at intermediate level by six months. Hmm. You will be surprised on when you're finished that, that mental exercise that you do is just like working the biceps in the gym mm -hmm. and, or, or eating a healthy dinner of veggies and, and salmon fish. Yeah. And, and working the language to me is almost like reading 20 pages. You feel really smart afterwards. You, you feel like you accomplished something. But it's even more than that. You have the ability through this medium, to really make an impression, to make friends, to protect yourself. Because if you're in an environment and individuals do not know you speak Spanish, you once again are able to decipher if people are, you know, a friend or foe. But yeah. also, and the second thing, if you're the only individual that can translate for a doctor, an attorney, or get you out of the building or read directions, now you're yeah. invaluable. And so, as I say, it's a gift that you can keep on giving in so many different aspects of your life, Monty G. Yeah. And, you know, I tell people um, it's a difference between learning, want to learn how to speak Spanish or a different language. Or you have to. You can have a, a family, friend or whatever, get in trouble in a whole nother country. And you got to learn their language to Get in touch with him. That's right. So it's like you have to learn it, or if you want to learn it, and see. You can't spend it. Yeah, I want to learn it. I want to go to a restaurant and and speak Spanish to the uh, to the server, and people look at me and say, "Wow, I like that." You know, you don't think they'll give you extra cheese for free because of yeah. something like that. Yeah. I've seen the definite power up when I speak Spanish. Of course, you get the bonus. Yeah. So go ahead and say something in Spanish, man. Say, um, thank you for thank you for having me on the podcast on this Fan Mission Friday. I muchísimas gracias por aceptarme como un invitado a su a su programa de Fan Mission Podcast. Viernes. Eso es una experiencia lindísima y su trabajo es algo que estamos admirando por todo lado. Uh, see, and that's what I want to do, man. You it look, for that split second, you turn to a whole different person. Oh, yeah. Oh. <laughs> you know how much fun this is? My only I, problem is I have a very thick Philadelphian accent, so my phonetics is really not where it should be. But I, I do focus on the subjunctive tense, the past tense, mm. preterite, imperfect, conditional, and future tense. And it's it's fun. I'm, I'm telling you, I would say Spanish is equivalent to about eighth grade pre-algebra. It really is in regards to complexity. Once you once you get the base and the foundation and you really understand the grammar structure, all you're doing is adding vocabulary and verbs. Mm. And there are certain tenses that are just so easy. 
It's just practice. And that's why we need to watch the movies or read certain books. And, and, and don't be embarrassed if you're reading a book from kindergarten, you know, right. go, Joe, go, <laughs> you know, it's okay. As long as I can understand a book of Jack and Jill going up a hill, I think it's fantastic. And then you just go to the next book. But um, yeah. as long as it's a pasatiempo, if it's one of your pastimes or a hobby, it really is something that enriches your life. And it's just been, it's been a gift for me. I knew this was going to make me marketable. I, there's no way I could have been an attorney or a mm. doctor. There were just certain things I just wasn't comfortable with. But this sick language, I knew I could get a job. I could somehow be hired. Little did I know that it becomes an intercambio, your intermedio, you become this bridge between two cultures or two clients mm -hmm. or just two individuals. And if that is what you're looking for in this life, because every single culture is becoming more diversified, mm. you will just really find much more interesting experiences that are out there. And as I say, once you get that foundation, Monty G, you will be surprised on how quickly you start adding on to that vocabulary because your mind is used to it. You've been listening, reading, start picking up stuff. You'll wait till our next podcast. We'll probably do it all in Spanish. Hey, see, I told you no. So, man, you were saying something like, um, like reading kids' book. That's a good idea. Like a book that you already know. But then you checking it out in Spanish? Yeah, well, underhand pitches with wiffle balls. Why are you, what are you going to read, Don Quixote? What's wrong with you? You should yeah. go to the kids section and find things with a lot of pictures because if you don't know the word, but the guy's holding something, like a stick, Apollo, right? P-A-L-O. He's like, wait a second, that's the word because it's in la mano, in the hand. Mm -hmm. You start, you start like, come on, that's the way to go. Mm. Let the pictures walk you along. Figure it out on the simple way. And if you could speak like them, you're speaking Spanish. Mm. <laughs> you know, I mean, it, it, that's what's the beauty of it. It starts at certain levels. You could almost be pure vocabulary, no grammar. And if you just start saying food, plate, hot, <laughs> right. more than enough to be able to get that out there. And um, the grammar, that's the bridge. That's mm. the finesse behind it. But you want to know the coolest thing, Monty G? The fact that Spanish is considered a romantic language for the fact that there's a subjunctive tense which shares the desire and the doubt. And so when you use that in a certain way, it really adds to the emotion and the expression of one's delivery. So it really becomes such an enriched language. Mm. Okay, so before we head out, what can you teach me in Spanish? What can I teach you in Spanish is to sit down and have patience and to definitely find an, a, a basic grammar book and master your present tense in AR, ER, and IR verbs. Mm -hmm. And once you get the hablar down, you're good to go. I mean, you can just take that thing and just know every AR verb in present tense, unless it's a special sort of conjugation. But, um, but just don't lose the passion for it. Do a little a day. Don't be frustrated. It is something in the beginning that might seem overwhelming. And it's an ocean. You'll never learn every 
word. In fact, you and I are native English speakers and look at the dictionary. There's a ton of words you and I don't know in there. And so uh, my main goal was just communication, stimulation, mm. and still and still enjoying this. And there's places online, just when you and I hang up, you can just go literally look at present tense online. And if you want to print it out or save that page and just do it that way. But, um, and if you have some friends or even somebody at work, just all joking aside, not just the Buenos Dias, but sit down this with this individual and see every day if you can memorize a pattern. So you're not just saying good morning. You're asked how someone is doing, mm-hmm. you know, what you're going to eat for lunch, what you're working on today. So maybe as you, you're, you're the king of questions, right? Yeah. Yes. There's no reason why my man Monty can't memorize 10 quick questions to ask a day for a C or a no or some sort of answer there. Como estas? ¿Qué has comido? What did you eat? ¿Cómo has dormido? How did you sleep? ¿Qué vas a hacer hoy? What are you going to do today? Mm. Right? Mm. Things like that. And then everyone's going to be saying something back to you. And then you're like, what did you just say? And he's going to tell you another vocabulary word. Because if you're going to ask him what he's eating for lunch... You know that you're going to be getting 50, <laughs> 50 words yeah. for food within a month. So you could start from there or start with hmm. colors and things hmm. like that. The basic words. You know what? I learned a lot from this, this short conversation right here because it's crazy because when I'm around Spanish people, it comes out. But then now I'm trying to think of some words. I'm thinking stuff I say and it ain't coming to me. But when I'm at work and I'm around Spanish people, it be coming out a little bit. And I'll be like, why can't you write a cheat sheet? There's nothing wrong with old school. Write it down on a piece of paper. Look at it 10 times a day. You don't think that the people that work with you, seeing you pulling out a yellow piece of paper, it's got your handwritten stuff on it. And you go, okay, chaos comido para desayuno. (laughs) What did you eat for your, what did you eat for your breakfast? Don't look at you like, seriously, Monte, go, Por favor, dime, tell me, yeah. <laughs> you know? And they're like, Monty, yeah, yeah. And they'll start saying stuff to you and I, getting high vibes. Man, and and when I me. I know, and when I do, they get excited. They get and then excited guess who's going to be adding to your paper? Give them the pen, let them write down something else. And then you yeah. start, and then you start saving papers. Next thing you know, you got 50 papers. Next thing you know, you're only speaking at work in Spanish, which is the double. Still doing your job, Monty. But if you're speaking Spanish at work, you're using them. Look at the sort of experience you're getting for free out of your job. Seriously? Yeah, I'm getting graduate level Spanish speaking while I'm still getting paid to do my job. Still getting my job done. But I'm double gunning. Yes. Yes. Yeah, I like to work on myself while I'm at work too. So, you know, and I, yeah, I I probably be on my chill time, probably listening to some, learning something new. And they be like, "Man, what is you doing?" They like, "Man, you different." I say, "Yeah, I'm a little bit different. I'm, <laughs> I'm supposed like a, to be different." <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, and, and I I ask people, I say, "Um, what is something that you do different that other people you think other people don't do?" I don't think they have a, I think they have a tough time looking at themselves in the mirror. Mm. You can't start there. We got issues. 
You yeah. need to be happy enough with yourself where you can look at yourself. Be happy. Give yourself a high five and, and say good job because yeah. that's what you got and that's what we do. And so I know there's a lot of people that don't have that sort of self-respect and I think that's a shame. I think if they can start with their own foundation and, and begin there, then they can expand and think about others. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, I feel like a lot of people don't think about, they're not conscious about what they do or how they do it or when they do it or where they do it. You know, um, like I said, they get caught up in this rat race and they do the same thing over and over and over and over. And they like, you know, and people, I hear people say, I don't like people or I don't like life and this and that. And I'm like, wow. I'm like, wow, that is disturbing. I'm like, I, I don't know what to do. I'm, I'm a pray who, who, who are they comparing? Who are they comparing their lives to? That's what I'd be wondering. I'm like, I hope y'all are not looking at movies and thinking I can be. I wish I was like that. These people lucky. No, it's not luck. Well, all of us think like that, but no, but, but you know, realistically, with whom are they comparing? That's what what sort saying. of expectations are that? That's what we spoke about in the beginning of the podcast, that there were opinions provided for me. I had certain sort of academic and career expectations. Mm -hmm. And I decided to go my own way. I could have failed miserably and had everyone once again tell me I was wrong. But that's that internal. Mm. That, I bet you that individual you're talking about can't look at themselves in the mirror because they're not being true to themselves. Mm. Monty. How are you going to live a hundred years like that? Why would you want to live like that? Mm. And even if you don't have as many options as you would like, I got very fortunate to move abroad. This was never supposed to happen. I should have been in the States, but it's not the point. The point is if I never left Philadelphia, I never went to Arizona. If I was in one of those places, I still would have been happy me. I would have found yeah. a way to find my balance and center and make the best day. You, you, you gave the 40 year question all that stuff really wasn't about earning money. It was more about doing things that could have been satisfying during those years. Yeah. And I think that's a shame. Hopefully those individuals will start eating better, maybe exercising, cleaning up around the house a little bit, possibly calling a friend they haven't called in a while, call your mother. Mm -hmm. or, or, or just start from the basics, man. That's, that's the only thing I can... This life isn't about hitting the ball and dragging Johnny. They got to oh. do it themselves. I can only do so much. I got my own problems. <laughs> mm -hmm. These individuals need to figure out their game. And I don't want someone holding me back. I'm there to lift you up. But you can't be a drag. Right. And you're going to get older. Your teens, it's not cute anymore. And then you're in your 20s. And then you're in your 30s, 40s. When, Yo, Monty, when are you going to begin? Hmm. When are you going to start taking on life responsibly and making these sort of big decisions? Man, as soon as it crosses your mind, like, you know, I need to do something different. Start right there. I believe so. If you got to drop down and do 20 push-ups, that's different. You ain't did them in 20 years. How about that? <laughs> do something different. You know You know what I'm saying? Like, I like where your mind is going with that. Yeah, I say, why not? I say, yeah. why not? Yeah, just do something different. Like, you know, if you want to, if you want something different, you have to do something different. And as you say, you have a routine. Okay, we still have like whatever percent of your day's routine. But if you say that random 20 push ups or doing the dishes or just calling somebody, 
that could be you getting out of your routine every day by, you know, spicing it up in between the main dishes with some side dishes. Because you still have your responsibilities, man. You still got things you need to do. But I agree with you. You could plan out your day or through a spontaneous sort of action, throw some sort of mix in there. Mm -hmm. So you say plan out your day. So do you have a, do you have, or have you ever had a vision board? No, not really into that. I got supervisors that remind me things and I'll, I'll do small lists, but, but I still do have my routine. I get up, as I say, I first go to the office and do my, my stuff. But I, once again, try to separate that because as you say, time goes fast and you can start creating a sort of bad rhythm that day. You do need breaks and, and times to rest. Boxers get a chance to go into the corner in between rounds. Mm-hmm. And it's important for somebody. And, you know, one of the greatest things is the luxury of time. If I'm given a chance to think about something, rest on it, come back the next day and talk about it, that those are the sort of things that help me. Mm. It it enables me to once again, make better decisions, but um, you could plan things out, but life is about chance and about random. There's no straight lines in nature. Mm-hmm. And if I'm too pre-focused on steps or something that has to work a certain way, then I might be too rigid and maybe I'm not open-minded enough or possibly so controlling. And so one way thinking that I am just setting myself up for failure or to make mistakes. No, it's, I wasn't thinking like that, but I was just thinking like, you know, I always say you run your family your your uh your marriage like a business okay like if you if you guess imagine if you ran your business you just freestyle everything people just they don't know what to do you ain't have no notes you ain't had nothing wrote down saying y'all need to get this done by this time by this same thing so if you live in your life just like ram like whatever if you somebody was running your business like that you wouldn't have a business. How about this? It's like a bicycle. Mm-hmm. I'll give you the bike. You know the you know, mechanics of a bike. You're the one who decides how you're going to ride that. It's up to you on what you decide to do with our infrastructure, with your own skills and your own business ethics. I like the chance for somebody to express oneself so if they're not plastic. They can become more of a... Uh, a painting they could really be raw and and show a sort of um, natural expression but there was also rules to follow because things have been tried and tested and we know that if you do certain things a certain way eight hours of sleep a night eating good food avoiding certain things that could hurt your body you'll have positive results from that But you're the one who decides if you want to hit the gym or go outside for athletics or to do things like this. So there's multiple ways to get that sort of, you can eat multiple types of food that could be healthy for you. Mm -hmm. And and so I I like to give someone leeway so they can make it their own. I'll give you the crayons, you decide what to draw with it. And, And so you need to though stay in the lines and complete the project. But um, 
it's very nice to see when you give somebody some space and sunlight that they are capable of growing that way while you're still watering them and observing their growth. But, uh, and, and sometimes mistakes, they're not deal breakers. It gives you the opportunity to handle yourself a certain way during chaos and it shows true character. And so some of the best relationships I had is when I was able to work through a situation because we acted amicably towards one another and, and resolved the issue. But also it shows that we can work through this. And if I can work through a challenging time, imagine our relationship during all the good times. It's just mm. going to be, it's going to be incredible. And so those are some of the best relationships that are built when you can work through challenges together. Mm -hmm. mm. That was perfectly said. I like that. Keeps you out of trouble. Yeah. Keep you out of trouble. I like that. I like that. I like that. So, yeah, we are already in 35 minutes in. So, yeah, man, I can talk to you all day because I like learning. I like I like how people say things in a different way that I didn't even think about. And you said a lot. And I had me thinking, like, hmm, I can't wait to talk to my kids. I can't wait to go with my yellow piece of paper to work and, and, and speak Spanish and write it down. Like... It gave you, man, I'm all over the place. You know how many points you're going to get? You're going to, they're going to start teasing you. They're going to start calling you hey. Mr. Yellow Paper Man. <laughs> hey, but you know, hey, but you, but you know what though? They noticed me though. Oh yeah. And that's, oh, yeah. that's the good part. Like people, they notice me and I say, man, it's a problem when they don't notice you. Uh huh. That's the, that's the problem. That's the problem. When you're gone and they don't even know you're gone. Well, gonna say, you definitely want to be noticed. You just don't want to cause a scene. You don't want to no, be seen, looked at that way. Yeah. No, you don't want to be caused a scene, but you want to be noticed. I want to be noticed too. So I want you to, I want you to know that I'm doing something positive too. I want to be known for positive too. You know, but you are. Then, yeah. You don't need that sort of 50 years from now acclimates. It's the moment. If your heart is telling you that you're doing the right thing, it is the right thing. Yeah. You don't need a thousand people to stand and cheer. You are doing this in a selfless way and you are just contributing towards youth and towards humanity. Mm -hmm. and, and you're doing it in your own way, which to me is a lot of fun. Some, some conversations are, are too structured. And they're too stiff, mm -hmm. or you feel you feel time constraint and pressures and and things like that. But not you, Monty G. Yeah. You really, I've watched a bunch of your podcasts. People are definitely relaxing when speaking with you in many yeah. sort of ways. And the fact that they feel free enough to be in that sort of mindset—that's awesome. I mean, you are, water does seek its own level. So you're bringing the yes. right kind of people together. Yes. And I appreciate, I mean, I truly appreciate everyone that been on the podcast. Cause if it wasn't for y'all, it wouldn't be me, That's you right. know? So yes, I like it. So we're going, we're going to wrap it up, man. Is there anything you want to say to the guests? There's listeners out there because we're on all platforms. We're on Apple Music. We're on um, we're on all platforms. 
So we going everywhere with it. So anything you want to say to the people? Absolutely. Just keep listening to Monty G's show because it's incredible. And look at the way he treats his guests. It's nice making friends because strangers are friends you haven't met yet. And the fact that we're able to spend some time as professional adults and sharing ideas and hopefully, as I say before, contributing to make someone stay out of trouble, get better grades, have a more successful life where they feel fulfilled. And guess what we did? We did our job, but I had a great time on this Friday night, man. It was a lot of fun. Man, thank you. Man, I appreciate you. I appreciate you. So, and on that note, learn something new every day in Spanish. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, man, I appreciate you again. I appreciate you. I can't even tell you how much I appreciate you, Richard. Like, man, this is super fun. And soon I'd like to have you in the future, and we probably can have a podcast in Spanish, in Espanol. I would love that. Será un placer. It would be a pleasure. Yes, it will. All right. So you have a good one, and give my blessings to your wife, and y'all take care, and man, have fun, and enjoy the rest of your evening. Pura vida. Pure life. Uh-huh. See. Si. <laughs> That's my only word I know now. No. <laughs> but yeah, I appreciate you coming on, man. Thank you, Monty G. All right. Yep. Peace. Yeah, this your boy Monty G. We just had a podcast with Richard Blanks. It was a terrific podcast. If you missed it, please rewind it and come back to it. Because we was dropping some jewels. Peace out.